Hi, welcome back to Life's Lemonade Unfiltered. We are your hosts, Kiara and Yesenia. And in this space, we're getting unfiltered about life, womanhood, parenthood, and all the other shit in between. So please stay tuned and don't forget to follow us on Instagram at lifeslemonade.unfiltered. Enjoy. Hi, nice to meet you. Did I say your name right? Yeah, and yours is Amrit, right? Amrit. Amrit. I was like, okay, how do you pronounce this? Okay, Amrit. So nice to meet you. Thank you so much for talking with us. I have so many questions. And so thank you for coming to to our uh, Life's Lemonade Unfiltered. Happy to be here. So my first question is like, how did you go down this path of traditional Chinese medicine? Yeah, it's actually pretty unusual. My first job or my career actually was in the music industry. So I was in the business side, I used to do artist management, special events, marketing PR, had a really bad back injury, nothing helped found acupuncture, blew my mind, decided that night I was going to quit my job. And then I did a few months later and I didn't go into school right away. I worked for a year and then I went into school. That's an incredible like change in in trajectory in your life. Absolutely. Yeah. It was a complete 180, like going out busy, like always on the phone, being on to like, you know, learning about meditation and your chi and your spleen and your liver. Well, when I when I first found you, I was just like randomly scrolling, you know, just the reels. And it was the, I think it was Pete Davidson tongue diagnosis. Yes. And I just went on down this rabbit hole of your page of like, I want to know all the tongue diagnoses. And I was like going to check my tongue. And I'm like, okay, I definitely have digestive issues. I definitely have like, but what is this? What is the spleen? Um, Like, I guess I don't really know what the spleen even does. I don't either. I thought it was one of those organs that was kind of just nobody knew what it was for until well, it burst and then you have to take it out more to do with blood from a western perspective in chinese medicine when we talk about the spleen we kind of just talk about it within the earth element and that ties in with the stomach and so it's basically you're just talking about your digestive system so it helps to break down and absorb your nutrients from your food so for our people that are listening that don't know anything about chinese traditional chinese medicine what is like your kind of rundown way to explain it to someone that just doesn't understand it all. Yeah, I would say that Chinese medicine is actually a very sophisticated medicine. I say, you know, things don't last on this planet for thousands of years if it doesn't work. My way of explaining about how acupuncture Chinese medicine work is it's obviously very holistic. And we look at you as the individual. And we don't really have diagnoses per se, where like in Western medicine, you'd be like, oh, you have colitis. Oh, you have this and you have that and then that's it we say you have a pattern you have liver chi stagnation you have kidney chi deficiency and i really think that kind of alleviates the permanency permanency of anything it's just a pattern this is where you are right now and all we have to do is work on it you know so it's very individual there's always hope there's always something you can change and work on and it always it's also holistic in that everything's connected 
we we cannot do Chinese medicine and only think about your liver or just your blood. It's like everything is constantly together. It's no spot treating. Yeah. It's and there's no easy way, right? I mean, because that's the thing. I think so many people are more inclined to go the Western route because it's like, oh, you've got this. I got a pill for that. Yes. You got this. I got this for that. And this takes. I feel like this is a, a lot more responsibility on the person individually to to look after their own health. That's true. Yeah, it is. It's not that kind of mathematical Western way of thinking where this equals this. Um, you're right. Like, yes, you can come for acupuncture, but you might also have to change your diet. There might have to be some lifestyle changes. You may also need Chinese herb, but it all works as a thing. So it's really great. Right. Yeah, what a crazy concept because I feel like so many people in Western medicine hear a diagnosis and it attaches to them for That's the rest it. of their yeah. life and they don't ever think of it as something that they can fix and I feel like well we kind of look at our health a little more holistically but um that's like, especially here, it's like, that's crazy. Like to think that you can fix something that someone or a doctor has diagnosed you with. So I love that about Chinese medicine is it's not a permanent, a permanent state. You're just flowing through it. If you do the right yeah, things, you can. Exactly. Exactly. So backtracking a little bit for people that don't know, chi means energy. energy. And so we're talking like physical energy, like what physical or emotional energy, or is it both? Like, cause that's one of my questions was like, does traditional Chinese medicine focus on emotions that could be affecting a part of the body or is that completely separate? There's different. Okay. So there's chi as like umbrella chi, which is your energy. And then there's so many different kinds of chi. Every kind of organ has a job and it kind of, some of them produce different kinds of chi. The chi you get from your food, the chi you get from the air that you breathe. And then yes, then there's the emotions, which are also chi. And so every organ has its emotion. Uh, the liver has to do with anger. The spleen has to do with worry. And we talk about that as energy as well, because it's not tangible. You can't touch your emotions, but you can feel them. So that that is an energy. And actually, every organ has a spirit. That's very interesting because the only time I've been treated for ac with acupuncture is when I was um, my second and third pregnancy. I had a uh, sciatica. And now that I am not pregnant and have lived out of it for years, I recognize when I start to get really angry, intense and stressed, my sciatic nerve just kind of starts like Firing. little, little things. And I'm like, oh, okay, I got to do a little check in yeah. here. So is that tied to that? Like, does that nerve specifically get agitated with? Um, different yeah, depending on the type of sciatic pain you have, it does relate to the gallbladder, which is paired with the liver in the wood element, which are the emotions of anger, resentment, frustration, depression. Interesting. Wow. Yeah. And then how does like, I, feel like I don't that's know, a whole rabbit hole that I like all the people that I know that are like alcoholics and angry, yeah. Yeah. right? And the liver and cirrhosis and like how that Absolutely, ties together. Absolutely, for sure. And addictions usually have to do with the heart and the heart and the liver have a unique um, connection as well. I was just watching one of your videos and it was like, oh, I can't remember who it was. Somebody's son, but he had the like oh, crack in his, oh, yeah, yeah, his tongue. Oh was crazy. <laughs> and you were like, I would stay away from that. <laughs> like, I remember watching your dating yes. one, like dating... <laughs> That was hilarious because you were like, would you mind changing ch uh, chairs with me? There's a breeze Absolutely. on my neck. And 
like even that I've seen you talk about uh, like wearing crop tops and exposing the back and I had like one of my grandmas when when after I had my my first child she saw me with my back open and she was like slapped me with like a sweater and this and that and she was like your milk's gonna dry up and this and that and it's like my family is indigenous so I understood Mm -hmm. where she was coming from but I didn't realize how powerful and potent all this like stuff that you know has been around for ages like you said it's not just your your mom's tale your folklore Mm -hmm. it actually has meaning behind it. yeah absolutely and I think that's so beautiful that like almost like whenever I make a post like that everybody from all over the world different cultures different backgrounds my grandma told me that my mom told me that it's like everyone's saying the same things for a reason right it worked absolutely so what do you say to people like, I grew up in Hawaii, so we used a lot of plant medicine. Um, but then moving here, it's like, <laughs> the Western culture is very like, especially like one of the stereotypes is like essential oils. People are like, that doesn't work. Like, it's just all in your head. So same thing for Chinese medicine. Do you feel like there has to be some sense of belief, like the negative, the negative feeling people have towards it can also turn it off from working? Do they have to have some sort of like, can that affect the way that it works? Of course, I've had people come in who are like totally skeptical. Um, And I think that it's always good to do something. But I think that the people who are more open minded just feel it and notice it more. It's not it's impossible for it to not do anything, even just based on a Western perspective, because you've broken the skin barrier. And anytime you've broken the skin barrier, the body is so intelligent to know that, oh, we need to boost the immune system and send blood cells, white blood cells to this area. So whether that person denies its existence in a spiritual, more energetic way, in a Western way, it it still made a change. Do you know what I mean? They may not feel it the way other people, but I do think that, yes, the people who are more open-minded or neutral, at least, come in they're like wow this was awesome did you feel like you gravitated really well towards this because of your indian upbringing like were you raised like in completely traditional uh indian home where you had a lot of these like herbs and things like ayurveda i don't know i i know a little bit about ayurveda is it anything um similar i think a little bit because when you when it comes in your culture you don't think about it as medicine it's just things that we do at home Right. And I think I was actually always more of a science math nerd. So I was very practical. So when I would hear things about emotions and energy and stuff, I'd be like, "Mm, really, though? So when it came to getting Mm -hmm. acupuncture, it wasn't anything that I had sought out. But when I went to, which was a school at the time, I thought I didn't know what it was. I thought it was just like a regular clinic, but it was a school and ended up being the school that I went to for school. Um, they were like, okay, we heard your story. We think acupuncture uh, would be good for you for your back injury. And I was like, oh, I don't even know what that is. And I was like, yeah, okay, whatever. And I was just, I had an idea, but not really, you know? And I just think that, I think there was a bit of open-mindedness because yes, I my, like, I come from a like uh, Asian background, like not East Asian, obviously Indian, but not directly. Like I wouldn't go to acupuncture when I was young or anything like that. But I think it just kept the door open. Pers- like it wasn't weird to me. 
that foreign. And that's what it is to some people who absolutely have no idea of any of these things. So that's why I say like, how willing do people come to you when they're like at their wits and they have no other solution for anything? Or is it someone that's usually a little bit more on top of things and like, you know, researching Instagram and all the, the ways now that we get our information? It's, it's, yeah, it's either or the people who are like really into it, or the people that kind of like, curious a bit you know they're like oh you know like I've had this pain or I've had this issue for 10 years I've tried everything can you help me like I've I've asked all my friends Mm -hmm. and this is the like my last resort so you're either like up there on the person's priority list or you're you will be the last resort and with your own injury like with a back with a back injury how because you think of acupuncture like it's just treating the spot, but what was the first thing that you felt to shift in? Was it with a relief of pain or mm. was it like it like within your emotional psyche? Yeah, this is a really cool question and story as the answer. Um, it was a very big emotional release. I got off the table and I cried my eyes out. And I didn't know why the first, the first time. time. I didn't know why. I had no idea. And I was like, what? like, like tears were just coming out of my eyes. I'm like, what's going on? And then like, um, yeah, like it was great. Like Alice in Wonderland, like just tears. Like it just wouldn't stop for no reason. And then they came back in the room and I'm like, I'm so sorry. Like I'm crying. I don't know why. Like, I know you didn't do anything wrong. Like nothing's wrong. And they're like, And then um, the supervisor was like, you know, sometimes your pain is just emotional. And I'm like, what is that? And they told me a little bit about like, oh, the points you pointed out that bother you are on the gallbladder meridian. I'm like, what? I'm like, okay. And so I went home, researched it, liver, gallbladder, Chinese medicine, and like the rabbit hole that I went down. And I was like, this is it. Like, this is the truth. Like, this is life. Not working in the music industry and trying to find the next cool band and competing with agents to sign them. That's not it. This is it. And that's why I'm like, I'm like, I'm done. And I was young. I was only 24, 23 or 24. Wow. So you literally found relief in your pain and your whole life did yeah. a 180 in the same yeah. section. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. Is that common? You know, what's interesting is that when you go to school for Chinese medicine, there's like two groups of people. They're the people who went to school because they thought it was interesting and it might be like a cool profession. And then, well, actually there's three people. That's one people. And then there's the people who are like moms maybe that are like older or maybe wives that don't work and are just interested and kind of maybe want to treat their friends and stuff. And then there's the group of us that like went through something traumatic and acupuncture was the only thing that helped them. Wow. Now I'm so curious to go back and like when I'm not pregnant and not coming with like a specific thing, but I feel like I have a lot of things because we were talking about like going to the mirror and checking our tongues. And it's right. like, like, is that just the quickest way? Like when someone comes to you, is that the quickest way for you to just like right off the bat, see what you're going to be working um, with? It's the most common way to diagnose Chinese medicine style. I actually in practice in clinic do Japanese style. So we do an abdominal diagnosis. Uh-huh. So I check the tongue. Like, of course I was trained in 
it. I did it for years, but I don't check the tongue that much with my patients because I do the abdominal diagnosis and find that so accurate. I'm not familiar with that. What is that? Yeah, a lot of people entail? aren't. Like Japanese style in general is even less known than and understood as than Chinese style acupuncture, you could say. Um, abdominal diagnosis is called hara diagnosis. Hara means abdomen in Japanese. And um, you're just pressing on different areas on the abdomen and the areas relate to reflex zones. So you can ah. press different areas and then you can tell where people have issues, liver, um, bl- blood circulation, immune system, and then you do the body points and then you go back and check and you feel the difference right away. That's why I like it because in patients already, like going back to your previous question, like, do you think that it helps when they're more into it or open-minded? They feel the change in their abdomen. So within four minutes, I already have the patient being like, okay, something's going on. Okay. Yeah. Like this is going to be legit. And so do you feel like a wizard? <laughs> sometimes, sometimes I'm there like more so when I did less cosmetic acupuncture, I used to feel, and it was so busy in my financial district, like on Bay street, that clinic I was at, I used to feel like I, like kind of like someone who worked in an ER because it would be like so fast and so quick. I'd be like, okay, what do we got? What's going on? And be like, boom, diagnosis. This is what you have. Da, 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 da. Boom, next patient, other patient, take the needles out. And so it was very like, it gave me ER energy. Yeah. Um, energy, yeah. yeah. Do you feel like um, working with your patients, even though you're kind of diagnosing physical ailments, do you feel like you, at the end of the day, sometimes take on an emotional toll from, from seeing all of these people? Yeah. I know you guys are asking such good questions. Um, I think, okay. So I don't know how far you want to go into stuff, but astrologically, I have certain aspects that are really great for me in this profession in that I don't take on other people's things. And my astrologer told me that like, I've been seeing her for probably 13 or 14 years. And she told me that a long time ago. So, and I do like energy work and stuff like that. And no one's ever said like, be careful with this patient or you're tired because you're taking on with your patient. So like, I'm really naturally, I would say naturally because in my chart, blessed in that way. There are some moments where like you're with the patient, they come in like maybe a cancer survivor or someone that lost their child, you know, like these things of course are super emotional, but it's not that common. So yeah, I do okay with that. But I think it is definitely something that like happens in our field all the time. And so when did you shift your primary focus from like the overall thing to specializing in cosmetic? Yeah, it happened more naturally. Like it wasn't my intention. It was just this like crux of time where you know, 2017, 2018, where like social media was really taking off and um, Instagram face was like becoming a thing and Kylie Jenner and all that. And then so as injections were increasing and still are, then so will the need at a lesser scale, but it will be there um, for an alternative to that. So people knew that I did it and then um, they would just tell their friends and then like, oh, I don't want to do injections, but I want to look better too. And then it just grew and grew and grew. And I'm like, wow, this is really like, people are loving this. And I don't want people to get injections if they don't want to do it either. 
they want to do it, that's fine. But if they don't want to do it and are only doing it because they feel like that's their only option or they have to or they have to fit in, oh, that kind of sucks. It's kind of crazy too, like the amount of um, like things that you can do to help your skin look good. Like people just want the quick fix, but it's like, there's so much Mm -hmm. you can do that would help. My mom is an esthetician and everywhere she's uh, almost 55. Everywhere we go, people are like, Oh my gosh, I thought she was your sister. Cause she has such good good skin. But our whole life, she was always like, drink water, drink water, drink water. And every single night, no matter what happened, she was in the bathroom for 10 minutes doing her whole face routine. Like she never skipped it. And she, that I'm like, that's like proof right there that you can be a grandma and have this amazing, like 35 year old Mm -hmm. skin. And I think, yeah, it's so common nowadays. And what younger people are seeing is not taking care of your skin and how to do that. naturally. they're just seeing like, Oh, I'll just like go along with life. And then when I need Botox, I'll get Botox. Exactly. Exactly. How do you, now that you said (laughs) the B word, (laughs) How do you feel about Botox and Juvederm and all the stuff that people are just doing? Like, what is the what is the long term effect that you've seen that Botox can't like can have you ever seen anyone so botched that you can't touch them with your needles? Or how do you get someone to transfer over to what you do and specializing in and making them look beautiful in a different way? I haven't seen anyone totally botched yet. I've seen some like stretched out, laxed faces. But what is starting to happen and trickle in now and will increase more as well in probably the next five years is people reaching the maximum point of what they could do with Botox who started young. So I was just going to say, people that start young, like how, what is the effect of starting young on Botox to prevent, quote unquote, versus just letting your body naturally age and then do little things here and there like yeah, what you do. Yeah, so my, I always tell people like, so the way they're marketed to, so let's say early 20s, um, is the baby Botox. Oh, I just did baby Botox. But it's never going to stay at that level. And you're not moving your muscles. And I always use the example of like, did you ever break your arm or your leg or see somebody and they took their cast off and their one arm was completely different size as their others? Why? They didn't. Yes, the compression, of course, but they didn't move their leg or their arm for six to eight weeks. Their muscles atrophied. So you're not going to move your facial muscles. They're going to atrophy. Your face also isn't done changing. You're going to go through another shift of change major from like, depending on genetics and whatnot, between like 30 to 35 when you get your, uh, when you start to lose the facial fat pads in your face and people, that's what I'm saying. People are going to look really weird and it's going to come up in the next five years. Like, do you think everyone's just going to like walk around looking droopy in there? Like where they got their, their cheekbones injected and their lips. Like what happens to the lips? I'm, I'm so curious about that. That's like, what I was going to say is like, they the stretch them so big. I've heard so much people who are like, oh, I got lips, lip injections, but then I got them dissolved and then I got them redone. And it's like the fact that the word dissolved is not alarming. Like, I just can't imagine what that's doing inside. Well, of you. it's stretching their skin, you know, and this skin does not stay plump forever and when you get older older you know and you can't do that many injections like that's when you get that kind of goldie hawn look that really kind of like stretched out thinner lip 
that's what's going to start happening. It's uh, terrifying. I know it is. I don't know. They just it don't is. think it's about awful. it. I guess they're just living in the here or now. Yeah, it's the instant gratification. And I think, I mean, social media, I think is so much to blame because you see what everybody's doing and they look perfect. They look fresh. Like, I'm not going to tell you I haven't thought about it. I'm like, these, the crow's feet and these like little things I start to see shift my, within my face. What the fuck lines, right? My <laughs> you know, like I'm going to have to do something, but I would much rather go this route than to start injecting my face with stuff that I don't know how my body's going to metabolize. I don't know. I have a client whose daughter got Botox and um, it poisoned her body and her, like literally her body, her muscles are shutting down and hearing about what's happening with her body. It's just mortifying. Well, and the other problem with this is that it's big money. It's big money. It's big industry. So no one's really going to fund the research for the negative implications. Mm -hmm. There was someone who was following me. They were in like one of like the Scandinavian countries or something like up North, like Norway or something like that. And um, they were researching and their research was that the Botox is going up the neuron. So let's say you have it here in your muscle. It's going up in the neuron into the brain, right? But like, who's going to pay to research this? Why would they want this to come out? Same could be said for like breast implants. Like how yes. many years were people doing that before someone finally was like, it makes poisoning you sick. my body. Yeah, poisoning exactly. You. That's a great example. That's crazy. Wow. Okay, so up to skin though, like what are like the three would you say most important things to keep your, like naturally keep your skin looking great? Like what is the I most I just want to go thing? back to one really important thing you said about celebrities looking fresh. What if you really look at them though, with their injections, well, let's take the Kardashians. I know everyone uses them as an example, but it's because we're like plastered with their faces everywhere. They don't actually really look fresh. Kylie Jenner actually looks old. She does. Like I she actually looks have thought 35. about that. They look older than yeah. they are. And if Kim yeah. pretty much kind of looks like her age. Like they're not shiny, healthy, vibrant, and bright looking. They're attractive, no doubt. But they're not yes. vibrant. Like they have no shen, no brightness in their eyes. Their skin doesn't glow. It's all makeup. So it's just to show you that like no matter how many treatments, injections, stuff you get, doesn't necessarily make you look younger actually like it'll catch up and then you just kind of look frozen and blah yeah yeah that's true there are some moments like they show her on tv where she's taken all her makeup off and her face is very like white and just matte almost well you have a whole thing about people's face coloring is like with um like if you're pale that means you've got a blood deficiency or is okay can you explain that a little bit because I'm sure that goes along with your question about like, what do you do to keep your face vibrant or your, I guess it's your face shows what's happening. Yeah, in your exactly. Body, so right? from a Chinese medicine, more of an internal perspective, um, the best thing you want to have is a lot of chi and blood. Chi and blood is everything in Chinese medicine because it's the yin. So, you know, like a yin yang symbol, the black is the yin. You want to hold on to your yin as much as possible, which is the quietness, the nourishing fluids in our body, the thicker fluids in our body. And the yang is like the active part of our lives, um, the sun, like these kinds of like working, that's all yang energy. So that drains the yin, which is why if you have a very stressful, active life, you look older. 
faster. But if you have a balanced life and you eat well and you do all these things that are good for you and you live in your alignment, you have, you're more on the yin side. You're cultivating your yin is basically the same. So that would really like, if you really want to look young for a long time, you are cultivating yin. That's what I feel like I do in my life. Yeah. And I think there's a huge lack of that in oh, most yeah, people, absolutely. Society, especially right now where the thing is to work, 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 like just do everything at max effort and people don't have balance. Yeah. Cause I'm looking at you right now and you've had an extremely long day and you look <laughs> fresh and you're glowing. Thank <laughs> you. So good. Yeah. It looks amazing. And I know you celebrated a big birthday this last year and it's yeah, like you're 40, 40 right? 40. And looks like thank you're you, thank you so much yeah. i gotta get on your regimen but like okay so what would be a good first step for somebody and what are the three things that that you would recommend you okay, not so skip at all water for sure just like your mom said room temperature yes oh, yes i, I had struggle with that why is everything you i cold water Yes, oh, it's I so love, bad for you. In Chinese medicine, like number one thing for women, you should not, especially women, you should not be drinking cold water. So why why do I crave it so much? Like, what so is that? You probably have me? an imbalance of like in your body temperature, like too much. Yeah, you're oh, I yes. do. I yeah. <laughs> so you would have to go for acupuncture and get that like leveled out, which would probably take you like maybe three or four sessions. Okay. Yeah, yeah, because I'm remember we did the quiz that told us what our um, dosha dosha is, and yours is you need, all pizza. Need to stop yes. eating spicy food because all the things you love. You're just aggravating. You're burning up so too much yang energy, not enough yin. You're burning everything up. And just in general, my life is all yang. Yeah, you like, said second and third like, pregnancies, so you have three kids then. I have three girls and they're all very spread apart and all different needs and on top of that I like to just I'm a very list oriented sit down I don't sit when I sit I text her you'll be so proud of me I sat three wow. times today <laughs> she walked outside one morning and she was in her pajamas and my husband was like what is wrong with her she's still in her pajamas oh, we're neighbors awesome. okay <laughs> yeah that's how we met yeah so okay so I water. need to stop drinking yeah. cold water Absolutely. So room temperature, water, sleeping. People don't sleep enough. Women don't sleep enough. Six, seven hours. Sorry, honey. Eight to nine. Oh, wow. Eight yeah. to nine. I'm eight. lacking. I am like, oh, like, I need eight. I will put everything aside yeah. to get my eight hours of sleep. That's a must. For okay. me. That's like two for two for me. I'm... <laughs> she goes to bed. She wakes up at like 430 in the morning. Oh, I wow. Do. Yeah. That's yeah. Because I um, and then, so this is all okay. like internal stuff, right? And then the other thing in Chinese medicine that's really big is supporting your digestive system by not eating cold raw foods too much. Oh, cold, but I saw one in your post. So cold, cold and raw is one combination, but cold and damp can be like cheeses. And like, there were so many different foods on there that you, even though, like you said, even if you're eating them warm or hot, they're still considered damp or cold foods to yes. your system. Yeah. So it is a bit complicated. So you have cold in terms of temperature coming out of the fridge, and then you have energetics, things that are just always going to be kind of be cold. Raw foods are always going to be cold. So like if I eat an apple now, it's room temperature, it's better, but it's still going to be cold because it's raw versus eating oatmeal or something. 
I feel like I have to do like a whole recalibration very, on my life. Yeah, it's very different. And then like, you know, it goes with the season. So now like for us up here, it's getting warmer. So like salads and like colder, like some raw foods and stuff isn't as horrible. But like in winter, waking up and having a smoothie and eating a salad for lunch, like why are you even wondering why you have digestive issues? Like you just answered your own question. Oh my God, yeah, I have a smoothie every single morning. A lot for of people do. I saw your, (laughs) I have a protein shake in the morning. The first thing I have, I'm, it's terrible. It's just like, we just, (laughs) like for us, it's like, eat your food. But the thing is like, some people can digest it. Sorry. Some people can digest it and be okay. But there are a lot of people who cannot do it and they feel sick or they're wondering why their digestion sucks. And I'm just like, okay, but you like started your day with like, this much frozen berries and this half a cup of spinach and this and that and blah blah I'm like you also didn't chew any of it you just swallowed it your body didn't even get a chance to produce any digestive enzymes because you didn't chew anything so you're just like plop into the stomach and like their stomach was like whoa you know yeah what the fuck (laughs) okay so what do you do then to start your day so I will eat a small breakfast. I'm not like a huge, like big breakfast person. I like to eat my biggest meal between 12 and two. So I'm okay with like having like eggs or something like that. Maybe I'll have like a piece of toast, like something really small. Okay. I saw one of your posts that you recommended eating, doing like sushi rice with a fried egg and kimchi and black sesame, I believe is it? I actually did that a few times. It was so satiating and it felt really good in my belly, but it's just like making sure that I, I don't know why it feels like so much more work to have that stuff prepared or done. And then, but I actually bought the kimchi. So it's in my fridge and I, that I can do, but you know, why is that such a great first thing to put in your belly in the morning? Other than that, it's warm. It is, it is mainly because it's warm and cooked. Like that's just it. The grain supports your spleen and helps to produce more chi in the body. Rice is one of the best things you can have. It's easy to digest. So you're eating foods that support your digestive system, not harming your digestive system. You know, there's the protein in the egg and that kind of thing as well. Like, and it is like, there's so much flavor to it. Like a lot of cultures around the world don't Mm -hmm. eat what we eat in Canada and America for breakfast, like cereal, pancakes, like that kind of stuff is like, like, it's not like kind of real food. Like most cultures around the world eat smaller lunches for breakfast, fish and rice. Do you know what I mean? Like some kind of like, I remember when I was in Japan, it was always like some kind of like root vegetable miso soup. I didn't eat fish. Well, I still don't eat fish. Like fish was there. Rice was there. Like it was just a smaller meal. That makes so much sense. I mean, I, I'm Mexican, so my mom would make us beans so and eggs in the morning. And then that's, that was, her. yeah. Yeah, that's my dad. We always had a rice pot full of rice and he would do like sausage and eggs with rice. Amazing. And people, when I moved through, people were like, you eat rice with breakfast? I'm like, yeah. doesn't everybody? Like- <laughs> rice for breakfast is incredible. And it's so funny that people would be like, doesn't everybody? Or like, they think you're weird. It's like, I wouldn't be surprised if it wasn't like 4 billion people on the planet actually do that, if not more. I think it's safe to say that the majority of the planet yeah. starts the <laughs> starts the day with rice or some kind of grain versus like smoothies. <laughs> 
That's so wild. Yeah, we're just in this pocket of people yeah. who don't have time for that in the morning. They just don't have to get time. Food. Yeah. That's why I have my smoothie. I'm like, it's a quick like 400 calories that'll get me through my morning so I can like get the kids to school and start work and I don't have to think about eating yes. until lunch. Everybody says yeah. the same thing. Okay, so you talked about those internal things. Now, what are extern- three external things that people can do? I think you should find the right cleanser for you meaning like take your makeup off like I feel like people don't wash their face properly if you wear a lot of makeup you should be double cleansing oil cleanser and then a gel cleanser after or like you have to use a right cleanser for you because like people come in and like oh um I took my makeup off you know before my appointment I'm like okay cool and I start like using the toner. I'm like, there's a lot of makeup. And I still get humbled by it too. Like I finish washing my face. I wash my face in the shower because I shower at night. And then I go use my toner. And I'm like, holy, there's still stuff on here. So I think you should, it's important to find the right cleanser. Yeah. One. Two yeah. for everybody listening that um, oil oh cleansers are life changing. Like they just make my face so good. so good. It's like... It's like a nourishment rather than getting out and feeling like dry yeah. and clean. Crusty. <laughs> yeah, you're still clean, but you Going feel hydrated. back to what I said about cultivating yin, oil is yin, a thicker substance, right? Yeah. Second, I, I'm a big fan of vitamin C. I think almost everybody could use vitamin C because it's such a good antioxidant, brightening, helps with sun damage, uh, dark spots. I love vitamin C. And then three, face oil. Again, underrated. I think we grew up depending on what your age age is. I think there was a time where it was like, oh my God, how dare you put oil on your face, right? It was all like, if you grew up in the 90s like me, it was like astringent, you know, and oxypads and Neutrogena and stuff like that. And like face oil. Oh my God. I'm obsessed. I think it's like one of the best things. Well, you're going to have to send us a, a recommendation uh, list or something that people can try because like, I don't like to research too much. I just don't, I, I kind of like wait till things kind of land in my lap and then I'm like, Oh, I think I'll try this. But I just don't, I, I almost feel so overwhelmed that I just shut down on figuring yeah, out what works I and what doesn't. Sense. I feel, I, I don't want, yeah, I don't like when I go to restaurants and the menu's too big. I'm overwhelmed. I just want like three good options. And I let often me pick eat one. the same thing if I've eaten at that restaurant. I rarely will like go off. I'm like, this works for me. I know I like this. I don't need to venture into anything new. But I hear you because we have so much options. We've never been exposed to this much information, this many options ever in our lives. Decision fatigue, right? Yeah. So then going to like using the gua sha. That's what I was going to ask. Yeah. It's such an interesting tool. I have, oh my gosh, when did I buy it? Probably during COVID when I bought a whole bunch of face things that I just put in a drawer. You planned on using. I'm like, I'm going to do this every night because I have so much time. Um, But I got it out of my drawer a few weeks ago because I saw it in there and I was like, oh, I haven't done this in a while. And I put my face oil on and I did it. And the next morning I woke up and my lymph nodes all under here were so sore and swollen. And I called my mom and I was like, mom, my lymph nodes. And she's like, did you do it down your neck? And I was like, no, I just stopped right here. But it blew my mind how I could feel everything that I had pushed out of my face just wow, stay right that's there. So under interesting. My chin. But yeah, there is a, a right way to do it. 
and like a full treatment plan on yourself or a full like, you know, routine on yourself, you have to get into the neck. Yeah. Yeah. So you have, you, you have on your thing that you're a gua sha. How do you pronounce it? Gua sha or gua sha? So like a very Western way of saying it is gua sha. But more traditionally, what I learned from my East Asian friends, and it also depends where in East Asia you're coming from, but like gua sha is more appropriate. Okay. Gua sha. Okay. And so when it, so if we're just going to do that, like what, how many minutes are necessary to start You can start do that? a decent routine in like five minutes. Like I, this is what I always kind of try to preach everybody because I don't want to be the type of person that talks about these kinds of things. And I'm adding something into women's lives, which just feels like, oh, now I got to do this. You know, that's why a lot of my routines are short or I'm just like, hey, like you only want to work on your eyes today, then just work on your eyes today. Do you know what I mean? Like a little bit is better than nothing. But like, yeah, if you're going to do full face, you should be doing your neck as well, which you can do all in five minutes. For people who don't know what it is, what is yeah, it doing so for Yeah, so I really say, consider gua sha like a sculpting tool. It is based in traditional Chinese medicine in that when it was used on, the, when it is used on the body, it's, which people, like if you ever researched the pictures, like they look really intense, like it's like scraping, right? Um, when you do it on your face, obviously it's more gentle. And with those gentle techniques, what's happening is you're moving stagnant lymph and fluids that's hanging around your face. You're kind of really getting into any muscle tension and you're training your facial posture and you're sculpting your face to sit in a different way. Like all these different facial movements we make in a day. That's why I recommend doing it at night. I always just say like, you're undoing your face from like scouring your brows. Yeah, exactly. And like lifting everything back up because you, you don't touch your face, right? Yeah. And then how does like, I don't know if you use like a jade roller, how does that fit into it too? Or what is that yeah, doing It's not as deep. So I don't call like a roller. I don't think it's gonna, like, it's not going to sculpt your face, but it does help to reduce any puffiness. I like using the roller still very much around the eyes. I don't love guasa around the eyes. The rollers are round, your eyes are round and to get in underneath the eyes. It's very easy to work in that area then. You're not very unlikely you're gonna pull and tug like you might with a stone, the guasa stone, right? Um, because the, again, the roller's round. So you can get into the eye area, which is such a delicate area without having to really worry about anything. Do you feel it's possible to live like a full TCM life or ha- like it feels like a lot, but I'm sure that once you learn a little bit at a time, you can incorporate a lot of these things, but it just feels like so it much. It feels like so much because it's the opposite of what we do here. So I don't know if you've ever been, I know you, you mentioned you were in Hawaii, so you might have experienced some of this there, depending, I guess, on the island you're from. But like, if you ever go to East Asia, if you ever go to like Japan, Singapore, Taiwan, South Korea, you know, China, obviously, but like, that's why I love going to these countries because it feels like a bit of a struggle to get the things that I want here. But when you go there, they're already just doing it because it's their culture. And then, you know, I don't feel like with the things that I do are a lot of work because I've made it my own culture in a way. It's my lifestyle now. 
Um, and it's worked for me and it's helped me get rid of like my colitis that I also had. Do you know what I mean? It's kept me looking and feeling great at 40. I really don't think I would look or feel this way without Chinese medicine. I don't, I just like, I really just don't think so. Especially living the life you were living. It was so fast paced. Exactly. And so I really think that like, it just seems like a lot because unfortunately it's very opposite to what a Western kind of lifestyle is, but it's really not once you bring it into your lifestyle, right? Yeah. And like you said in the beginning, it's just more holistic to begin with, like to look at your whole everything, like a system and to recognize that like, like for me, I've been struggling with my, my face since really after the third baby, but I'm like, what is going on? And I know it goes back to my digestion, but I also really haven't gotten to the point where I'm like ready to tackle it. But what am I procrastinating? Like my body's talking to me. I need to start listening, you know, because it's showing up in, in some way. And so I saw your, your, your thing on like acne too. And there's a lot of dampness and, uh, cooling. Right. So it's like, I'm really going to have to research what kind of foods to eat that are going to right? mostly foods. Is that where I need to It depends focus? Like on what's going on. So like your food will be like your daily medicine. But if you incorporate acupuncture, Chinese herbs, you can accelerate your healing process way faster, way faster. Right, right. What is the difference between, because I know I've heard the term dry needling a lot. I feel like that's mm-hmm. a little more um, accepted, especially in like the sports medicine world versus acupuncture what's the difference between the two I don't know where that term came from but dry needling is basically maybe it's dry because they've taken out all the Chinese medicine out of it and they're only thinking because (laughs) we're not wet acupuncture and they're dry so like are you is it dry because you just sucked everything out of it and you just care about the muscle like I don't know what where the rationale is with that it'd be kind of funny if that's what it was but Dry needling, yes, you're right. Um, very common in sports, more so something a physio, a chiro, a medical doctor might do. All they care about is getting local and fixing the muscle that's affected. So it's, okay. it's a, and, but more aggressive. They'll be more aggressive okay. than if you went to a Chinese medicine practitioner. Like I did my sports acupuncture apprenticeship um, and it was rooted in like, Korean style and Western style. So I can still fix a lot of problems, but I'm not going to be as aggressive as a physiotherapist might be. And they would only be in the area where I'll still always do body points plus local. Yeah. Okay. I worked with a, I used to work at a vet clinic and I worked with a doctor who did acupuncture on dogs and it was so interesting. She would come in and really like feel where to put them if it was easy to go in or hard or whatever the technique is. And then um, we would just stand there and wait for them to just kind of fall out on their own. And it was so interesting to see like how it affected a dog. Like they'd have to be carried in and then they just walk right out. But they they're probably done. better people. Yeah, because the people. energy is also very pure. We're <laughs> yeah. not overthinking anything. Oh, yeah, they're just yeah. love. You know what I mean? Yeah. In the moment. Absolutely. So going back to your celebrity tongue diagnosis real quick do they ever reach yeah, out to you i'm so curious like 
never like, like can you treat me <laughs> or like can you not post I thought maybe if any any of them was ever gonna read somebody I thought maybe the Chrissy Teigen might have yeah. yeah okay what is Galvis what, oh, what is that I word think that's Galviscon? Like Galviscon? Acid. I think she was just taking at that time yeah Galviscon oh yeah Okay. okay, but so she was saying like, don't yeah, come yeah. for I me think or don't, like, an emodium, don't uh, like something like that kind of thing. But I know it's a very chalky. It's a chalky white, um, not a cough syrup, but it's like uh, something you drink, like antacid type yeah. of thing. That's why okay. I, I was I was so curious about that. But it's interesting too. So I was like looking at the different ones that you like to point out. The the really red like flat tongues. What makes a Blood tongue deficiency. flat? And what does that mean? Like mineral, there's deficient in minerals or literally it can be either or it can be the quality of your blood. So not having like enough iron or minerals or B12, that kind of thing. Um, Or it can mean also just not having enough blood, which, you know, Western medicine would never really measure that unless you like came in from an accident like oh so and so lost two liters of blood on site that or so and so is hemorrhaging you know then they can see it but you would never really be diagnosed with not enough blood we can they won't but they can see your levels and what should be in the blood and what that looks like so yeah there's just not enough blood that like your tongue is so thin you're so deficient yeah, that's interesting. I've never thought about it that way. But like when you are deficient in multiple vitamins or minerals, it could be more not that you're actually deficient in those minerals, but you don't have Clears. enough blood circulating with those minerals in it. That's interesting. Okay, That is so interesting. I How is it for you being able to affect people's lives on such a great scale? Because like, that's got to feel so amazing. It's pretty. Because you're really changing Yeah, it's pretty life. crazy, like, how you can help people, like, on Instagram. Like, I'll just talk about this stuff, and then randomly you'll get a message and be like, I just wanted to let you know I stopped smoothies and drinking cold water, and my periods used to be debilitating, and now all of a sudden, like, I'm fine. I'm like, wow, you didn't even go for acupuncture? Like, that was it. Like that was enough for them. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's yeah. I there's nothing short, but like amazing. It's nice to also be on a platform that gets a lot of negative slack. There is a lot of negativity that goes on there and then use it for something positive. What's the worst that you deal with, with posting the truth that you post? Like what do people come at you personally and like, how dare you put this out there? Or is it sometimes with the the celebrity tongue diagnosis videos, I'm like, you're getting defensive over somebody you've never met Pete. And it was, you know what it was the most Pete Davidson. Yeah, I'm sure. Why (laughs) are people so defensive over him? I thought that's, I found that to be so interesting and even the one with Chrissy Teigen someone I don't know if she was an acupuncturist because she had acu in her handle and she's like this is really cruel and I was like what yeah that's what I cruel about it it's not like you were no if anything at the end I was like you know we're not gonna hate on her she really does talk positively about acupuncture all the time Chrissy Teigen and um I responded to that person I was like uh, cruel seems extreme. I'm like, you don't have to like what I'm doing though. And that's cool. Simple as that. 
And yeah. if you don't like it, there are so many <laughs> yeah, other pages exactly. you can yeah. follow. Right? So I haven't gotten that much. Um, but it is true. Like for some reason, when you do the celebrity tongue diagnosis, people get personally triggered. And I'm like, they're not your well, homie. You like, ever, do you know them? It's like you posted a picture yeah, of their mom. Yeah, and it's did really it. weird. <laughs> I'm sure they might not even be as offended no. if it is their mother. <laughs> we always talk about this. We're like, who are these people that are yeah. like, um, like commenting on celebrities' pictures like yeah. they're their best friend? Like, right. where are they all hiding? Yeah. It's weird. So <laughs> yes. thankfully, yeah, like oh, nothing that you. horrible. I've never really, you know, had anything like racist or anything like that. It's like ninety nine point nine 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 percent positive and then there's just like yeah the odd person that's like it's really triggered about me saying something about a celebrity <laughs> that doesn't even know their name or know that they even exist it's so odd do you think it's the younger crowd that takes it more personally because I feel like anyone that's got a little bit more life in them understands that like the way they live their lives like you talk about this they party they party really hard there's lots of drugs and alcohol involved they don't sleep enough they're surrounded by negative energy like all of that would make sense to somebody that's lived a little bit of life yeah yeah maybe it is maybe they feel like they see themselves in in the person so I'm then personally attacking their lifestyle too I don't I don't know because a lot of people also say you shouldn't diagnose them and leave their privacy and blah 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 and I'm like they don't have privacy. They're a celebrity. Right. They're celebrities. Like, yeah. They yeah. gave that up. They posted a picture <laughs> yeah. with their tongue out. <laughs> I know. I'm sure so many uh, celebrities are just going to like start smiling like, with teeth only. Imagine so funny. <laughs> like, like, she, she's coming One for you. <laughs> like I do like, you know, I'm not trying to like toot my own horn or anything. I just think because it's people like it so much and I, and it's, it is unique. I think one day someone's going to see it. I was going to say, I was surprised that celebrities don't reach out to you to have you come in like personally yeah. and Who knows? do something for them. Like, Who knows? Maybe. Who, well, who, would you, who would you want to come Rihanna. to you as someone that you could help? Yeah! I just want to meet her though. That would be cool. And hang out. <laughs> oh, no, the time diagnosis is like three fine. hours. I'm sorry. Yeah. It's a really long yeah. process. <laughs> I love that though. I think That's it's really so incredible funny. that you have something that you found your passion in and that you can help people and especially spreading it on Instagram because people like me, I like I'm like I said, I'm on there just randomly. Obviously our our filled our our feeds are you know it's algorithm so you attract what you're kind of clicking and looking at but I'm just so grateful to like come across your page because it really has given me some little nuggets of things that I can take away and apply like the egg and the and the rice in the morning and you know how good that is for my body so I was just like I'm such a curious person that I just I kept following you and I was like I'm just gonna see what happens and I think it's fun too to like obviously. I'm sure you have a lot of people who came to see the tongue, they come to see the tongue diagnosis on celebrities because that's like the funny or cool or interesting thing. But scrolling through your Instagram, it's really hard not to absorb some of your like yeah. body positivity. That's so prevalent, but it's like you slip it in there so, so well. it's not preachy. It's just very like you oh, just make Thank you so much. Good. That means so much. Thank you. No, thank you so much. We have a final question for our guests. And it's uh, if you could give someone a piece of advice 
to live their most unfiltered life, what would you tell them from a TCM point of view with you? You should really consider doing what makes you the most happiest in life as your like career, because I just really truly think that everything else falls into place after that, because you're just in your alignment, then work doesn't feel like work the same way, because you're not as stressed, you're happier. So your body's going to function better. The people around you that aren't on your vibe are going to fall apart. And then you'll find new people. And like, yeah, maybe it's like, it's not Mm -hmm. Chinese medicine, but it is in a way because you know, it, it it's about living in alignment and living like a healthy life. Yeah, yeah finding like finding your yin. your yin, cultivating your yin, living your path. Like I think it's just like the most important thing you can do in this life. Just keep it light, you know. That. Thank you. So much. <laughs> yeah, just super <laughs> easy. <laughs> just find your path and go live it. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing all this with us and uh, letting us like ask so many questions because I think we were both equally curious. We were, yeah. yeah. And I think people listening to are there's oh, it's jam packed with value. Oh, this yeah. whole episode. So, so much. Bad. You've talked a lot. <laughs> Thank you so much. So I'm gonna keep following you and liking your stuff. And I, like when you posted the Chrissy Teigen one, I was like, I can't wait to see this one. <laughs> a good one. Chloe Kardashian yeah. just posted so, her so tongue, much. so I'm gonna have to c- go for her Ooh. soon. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, com- for that. I'm coming for yeah. that one. Stay tuned. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us today on Life's Lemonade Thank Unfiltered. We we really uh, enjoyed this episode. Thank you so, so much. So fun. Yeah. Thank you. you. We'll it. talk soon. Okay, bye. Thanks for joining us this week on Life's Lemonade Unfiltered. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at lifeslemonade.unfiltered. And remember, lemon drops, be kind, stay curious, live unfiltered.